A reading from the book of Joshua. Joshua gathered together all the tribes of Israel at Shechem, summoning their elders, their leaders, their judges, and their officers. When they stood in ranks before God, Joshua addressed all the people. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, in times past your fathers, down to Terah, father of Abraham and Nahor, dwelt beyond the river and served other gods. But I brought your father Abraham from the region beyond the river and led him through the entire land of Canaan. I made his descendants numerous and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I assigned the mountain region of Sair in which to settle, while Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and smote Egypt with the prodigies which I wrought in her midst. Afterward, I led you out of Egypt, and when you reached the sea, the Egyptians pursued your fathers to the Red Sea with chariots and horsemen. Because they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between your people and the Egyptians, upon whom he brought the sea so that it engulfed them. After you witnessed what I did to Egypt and dwelt a long time in the desert, I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I delivered them into your power. You took possession of their land, and I destroyed them, the two kings of the Amorites, before you. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, prepared to war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you, but I would not listen to Balaam. On the contrary, he had to bless you, and I saved you from him. Once you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho, Jericho fought against you, but I delivered them also into your power and I sent the hornets ahead of you that drove them, the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gershites, Hivites, and Jebusites, out of your way. It was not your sword or your bow. I gave you a land that you had not tilled and cities that you had not built to dwell in. You have eaten of vineyards and olive groves, which you did not plant. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. 
Give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. Who smote great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew powerful kings, for his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And made their land a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. The heritage of Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. And freed us from our foes, for his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Receive the word of God, not as the word of men, but as it truly is, the word of God. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning? The Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. I said to you, Whoever divorces his wife unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage, 
because they were born so, some because they were made so by others, some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. Verbum Domini. If we ever wonder what good God ever did in the past before the time of Christ, if we ever wonder that, we have a long list today from the book of Joshua. The list is not complete because he did a lot more than what's revealed to us in today's passage, yet it's quite a lengthy list of what he did. I recommend you to go back later on in your private time of prayers, perhaps reread today's passage from the book of Joshua and think of a question, what did God do? What actions did God do? And you'll go through the passage and you'll find it. You can underline and mark it and even number the items that God did good things for his chosen people. It's really amazing. He brought Abraham out of his home place. He gave his family a place to settle. He smote Egypt through Moses and Aaron, and he led his people out of slavery, out of evil places, and he fought and fought and fought different enemies of his people so that his people eventually came out victorious. You know, he gave more possessions to them. And this is funny, the part that I was kind of chuckling this morning and even when Peter was reading it earlier, um, the part when uh, he brought up about Balaam, if I can find it here. Um, where is it? Lord, help me. Okay, here. It's right in the bottom. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. On the contrary, he had to bless you, and I saved you from him. This is very funny because here we have the enemies praying to the same God to curse us, but then God decided, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to protect my people. I'm going to make you to bless my people. That's exactly what happened. And, <clears throat> you know, this is just a few samples I'm giving you from the first reading, and I was doing it real quick this morning, and I got 13 items, 13 items that God accomplished for the benefit of his people in this little passage. How he protected them, how he loved them, and how he provided for them. And it brought joy to my heart this morning when I counted the, these items to be 13, today being 13th of August, and it reminds me, of course, I'm, I've been doing this um, um, Fatima devotion every 13th of the month since May to October, which today we have it also at the Grotto at uh, 11 o'clock holy hour, followed by 
mass down at the grotto, um, reminding us of the 13th of August, 1917. Again, this is, if we ever still wonder whatever uh, God did good things in the past, well, here's 13 items. There's a lot more. And, or perhaps we know someone who struggles and, and someone who sees constantly this opposing light, this light that they see God is always doing bad things. God is always doing evil things. Well, no, that's a lie. That's a big lie. That we, you and I know lie always comes from you-know-who, the father of lies. Again, 13 action items on this 13th of August, and God reminds us of the 13 actions items that he had done to provide, to protect, to save, and to nourish his people. And just like what we responded earlier in the Psalms, and I'm very pleased to hear every one of us is able to respond very strongly. Of course, part of it is short too, that we can easily respond. But this is, is a response that we respond in the confessional, right? The priest at the end of the confession said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Sometimes we get penitents who doesn't really know the answer to that. And they say, oh yes, Father, that's, he is really good. Or yes, I will, I will give thanks. But you know, the proper response is what we responded earlier, his mercy endures forever. Yeah. And <clears throat> again, this, like I said, reminds, reminds us of the uh, Fatima apparition, 13th August of 1917. Actually, that particular day, Our Lady, well, not Our Lady did not appear, but the children were tricked. They were tricked by the administrator. They were tricked who were offered to be taken to the Kova, to the apparition site, but yet the administrator tricked them. They tricked them and they brought them to this office and they start interrogating them, questioning, questioning, questioning them. And really they wanted them to say that they're not telling the truth about seeing Our Lady. They wanted them to deny the reality of their experience. They wanted to prevent so many people from coming in such great numbers to believe in Our Lady and to believe in God and to be prayerful. And the children were obviously scared. They were upset, they were disappointed not to be able to make the appointment that they had made with our Blessed Mother. At the same time, <clears throat> God was doing good for them in the midst of their sufferings. God was touching the hearts of the other inmates with them to the point that they started to pray with them. And I love this. This Sister Lucia writes this in her, in her uh, memoirs. She said, uh, this is describing what happened when they were in prison. Next, we decided to pray our rosary. This is in prison. 
We decided to pray our rosary. Jacinta took off a medal that she was wearing around her neck and asked a prisoner to hang it up for her on a nail in the wall. And kneeling before this medal, we began to pray. The prisoners prayed with us. What a sight that is. In prison, inmates praying rosary. And again, God was helping the Fatima children to endure the situation while at the same time protecting them and saving them and eventually getting them out of prison into freedom. Sounds like the similar action items of what good deeds God had done as he had done in the time of Joshua. You know, he's still the same today. He still is doing good deeds in our own lives and even in our own world, though at times it's too obscure to see it clearly. Yet he's always the same. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Always doing good. But you see, this is, the, this is one of the strategy that, that the evil uh, get us to get away. We, you know, he obviously is smart. He obviously knows that we're not going to fall to an obvious bait that we would fall right flat to our face on the ground. So he makes it, you know, a little bit, oh, he's not good. Oh, he, whatever, right? All these lies, all these lies, lies, lies. And, you know, the, even the worst evil in history, God brings good out of it. The worst evil in history is the crucifixion and death of the most perfect, innocent man, Jesus Christ our Lord, his only begotten son. God is doing good things for his people and for mankind through his son, saving it, sanctifying it, protecting it, and providing whatever the need of the time. And the divine mercy incarnate, Jesus Christ, tells Saint Faustina, all the works of my hands are crowned with mercy. All the works of my hands are crowned with mercy. There's always an attribute, there's always a glimpse, there's always a trace of God's goodness. God's mercy. And that's God's greatest attribute, his divine mercy. And like we prayed earlier, his mercy endures forever. Uh, you know, I would even challenge you too that sometimes, you know, we're, we're in a difficult situation sometimes with our own personal lives, with our own personal circumstance or situation that sometimes it's all we see is this bad stuff. I challenge you at those, those moments, those moments that we can't even see something good, something positive. During those moments, praise God for it. God, you are so good. You are so awesome. You are, I glorify you. Try doing that, doing it for a few minutes in the midst of this darkness, you'll see how things start lifting out. Because God is good. His mercy does endures forever. <laughs>